Many of you already know what hybrid radio is, but for those who don't, it's the seamless combination of broadcast radio and IP technologies to create a better experience of radio. Radio DNS is the organization that creates open standards for hybrid radio globally. We refer to Europe as one territory, but of course it's a collection of individual countries with distinct radio markets and very different approaches to the digitization of radio. That diversity of radio markets is something that Europe's automotive manufacturers has to handle and sometimes it's quite challenging. One of the benefits of hybrid radio is that it works with both analogue and digital radio and can be used to harmonise the functionality of both to a certain extent, which helps if you're trying to create a consistent driver experience. Hybrid radio launched in Europe in 2018 with the Audi A8 as the flagship vehicle, but now it's implemented in more vehicles and more ranges and hybrid contributes in some way to radio listening in many European vehicles. I'm joined by three influential people from the radio and automotive industry in Europe to talk about hybrid radio. Martin Koch is the head of development, entertainment and car functions at Volkswagen Car Software Organization. Ben Poor is the project manager of digital radio at the European Broadcasting Union. And Jackie Beerhorst is the project leader of Digital Radio Netherlands and Radio Player Netherlands. So thank you all for joining me uh, to discuss hybrid radio. So I wanted to start by just uh, talking a little bit about the observation that it seems that radio and the automotive industry are working together more closely than they ever have done and that there are more intimate conversations about what radio should be like in the car and what broadcasters should be doing and creating a shared vision of, of radio. Why do you think that's happening? Why are we having those more detailed conversations? And um, maybe, Martin, I can ask you to talk about that in, to start off with. Yeah, sure. I think I think your perception is is right. But in the past, we had conversation uh, between the broadcast industry and the automotive industry as well. Uh, when I recall um, setting up standards for DAB, um, there was always a close relationship between broadcasts and the automotive industry. But you're right. In the recent years, uh, this somehow changed, and I. If, feel that it's because there are new um, areas where we can cooperate due to the larger screens and more visual um, possibilities there is a new area of cooperation uh, and it's much more um, focused on how the user or the driver can be more closely related to radio in the car so i'm very happy about about this um, uh, changes i think it's always good to have um, a platform where you can cooperate. The, the broadcast industry is very large. There are many stations, big players and small players, and the same is true for the automotive industry. And so you need somehow a platform where you have a shared vision, where you come together and work closely together uh, at one or two specific topics. And I, I think hybrid radio is one of these uh, platforms and Radio DNS is one of the organizations where this can happen. Uh, all the participants, have the same vision, make radio more attractive, may, may make radio more interactive in, in the car. And this really leads to fruitful discussions. Just following on from what Martin was saying, he's absolutely correct. There has always been links between broadcasters 
and automotive manufacturers. Uh, but I think now the conversation is, is shifting into a slightly different area. And also, again, having this platform to talk from, having a sort of a collective arrangement of broadcasters that then act as a central focus point for broadcaster manufacturer relationships. So certainly in the European Broadcasting Union, we collect um, broadcasters who see the connected car and radio in the car as very, very key topics for, the, for their future distribution of radio. So rather than um, the conversations being related to technology, so how do we get FM or digital radio to work in the, in the car, it's very much more around a distribution strategy. So the group that we have in the EBU is it's centered around connected cars and devices, but it's, it's involved with uh, very high level representatives from our members. They're looking at distribution strategy, they're looking at future innovation, they're looking at things like digital assistance, they're looking at things like platforms and platform prominence on some of these new connected platforms. So it's very much of a wider discussion beyond broadcast or broadcast technology. It's about how does my radio service get to these devices and what does it look like and what can my users do beyond the basic radio experience. Broadcast is still a really important technology in the mobile space for, for vehicles. Um, but we know that we can supplement broadcast. I mean, the whole point of having radio DNS is to be able to do better things with broadcast radio in, in the connected car. Um, and I think that experience thing is, is really the leading point for most of these discussions, is it? The technology is following better now discussions about what the experience of using broadcast radio should be like. Well, yeah, absolutely. And let's be clear that... Um Broadcast radio is the majority is the is the way that the majority of audiences consume their radio content, and analog broadcast is also the majority in certainly very many countries. Maybe not all of them, but very many. So having the route from analog broadcast and digital broadcast into the internet world, supplementing the delivery of audio with additional services, additional internet-based services that can be done through hybrid radio, is very very key to the evolution, the long-term evolution of radio. And we're not saying that, for instance, we're looking at uh, moving wholesale from broadcast to the internet in the short term. That may happen in the future. And hybrid radio is, is a way of bringing audiences from where we are now into what we might be in the future. Certainly, the whole point of getting this experience definition right is that we can explain to consumers the benefits of of broadcast radio, of digital radio, of hybrid radio, in ways that make sense to them and aren't referencing technology, but are referencing experiences. Um, and Jackie, that's pretty much kind of your main focus, isn't it, in your in your role, in your participation, both in the Netherlands and in World DAB, is to work out how we sell a vision of new experiences to radio listeners. Yes, because uh, ultimately it has it has to do with the listener and how he or she is listening to radio and how it's perceived and what it looks like. So uh, that that is the scope. Um, as said by Ben and Martin, it's the distribution strategy that matters here and why we need to collaborate uh, more intensely even than in the past and uh, make it also um, easier to find each other to uh, and to develop uh, the, the hybrid uh, radio experience in the car. Yeah, what we, I think, are heading towards is trying to work out how that minimum, what would be referred to in the technology world as a minimum viable product, what's the experience definition for broadcast radio in the car? 
Um, because I think we understand that that experience is defined by the automotive manufacturer. So I guess, Martin, you have people within Audi who you work with to define really in quite a lot of detail how exactly the radio will work and what ambition you have for that. Can you, can you give us a bit of an insight about how you get from a blank sheet of paper to defining what the radio functionality in a vehicle should do, what, what experiences should be created? Absolutely, uh, but there there is no a blank sheet of paper. You know, you have always an evolution of of a system of experience of features, and we all stand on the, the shoulders of giants. So we stand on the uh, previous systems, which uh, with a dedicated feature set, and we try to bring this to uh, towards in the direction of our vision. But but I, I must I must be um, clear in 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 a point that you must distinguish between different automotive brands. I think the the automotive brands set their um, priorities in different directions, and and how much uh, a brand is focusing, for example, on the features of the radio in the car for the passengers, uh, may vary. And uh, if you could look at the market, there are. Uh, very high quality implementations of radio and uh, some more simple implementations. And I think this is, um, we need to consider this. Um, we with an audio always tried to be on the, on the top, what is possible uh, and try to push forward. What is our understanding of uh, fantastic radio experience? Um, but we can do this because we sell our cars in the premium sector. And there is much more room for innovation in this area than maybe in, in the volume sector. And there, I think there's another, I, I want to mention another point, development of, of infotainment features like the radio and to make it better and more innovative uh, with much larger feature set is always uh, in a conflict with other topics which are important for the automotive industry. If you think about um, electric mobility, about AI, about autonomous driving, about software updates over the air. There are very large topics which the automotive industry at the moment faces. And all this internally is always be challenged against each other. And where is the, let's say, overall strategy? And uh, frankly, radio is not the thing in the automotive industry at the moment. And I think it is, it is worth to keep this in mind and to be honest about it. Do you think that broadcasters have a realistic expectation of how much resource is available in the automotive industry to innovate and develop broadcast radio? Ben, do you feel that your broadcasters have ambitions that require more resource than the automotive industry can justify at the moment? I think there's a very interesting um, there's a very interesting dichotomy between the two sides. I think radio has always had was traditionally had a very prime place on automotive devices, and now the situation is very different. Just echoing a bit on what Martin was saying as well, there's a lot of concerns on what different manufacturers are doing. They're looking at different areas. Also, that's the same for broadcasters. They obviously have their own different strategies. They have their own different projects that they're running. So we see that some members are um, very much focused on, for instance, how personalized information can be delivered into the car. And they're working with specific car manufacturers to do that. Some others are looking at how maybe uh, an augmented audio experience, a kind of a 3D audio experience can be delivered in car. So again, there's collaborations in that area. There's not necessarily one set 
there's not necessarily one set direction for innovation. But I think certainly the key thing for our members and broadcasters as well is what's going to happen in the very near future with uh, Google Automotive and having Google in the car and what happens when there is a digital assistant plugged into the connected car and how the services are then accessed and discoverable. So I think that's a, a very much of a key concern for members right now. So I think because of the nature of the diverse, we have a diverse radio industry in Europe, um, many different radio companies in many different countries. And we have, as Martin said, there is diversity in the automotive industry as well. So we've got this matrix of an automotive industry that has a very wide uh, variation in what it can invest in implementing broadcast radio combined with a matrix of a very wide and diverse radio industry where some broadcasters are very well funded and have certain projects they want to pursue and other broadcasters are not so well funded and, and uh, find it much harder to justify doing things. It, it seems to me that the objective is to find the intersection between those two different sets of wish lists and is what's left at that intersection um, something that you can explain to consumers. So um, from a marketing point of view, I wonder if I can get you to have a, uh, you know, tell us what you think, Jackie, of when you see all these different ideas coming from broadcasters and you hear what manufacturers are able to implement, can you see a core set of things that radio can do, kind of new features for radio that are coherent for a consumer and something that we can promote and get people excited about? Yeah, as you said, there are many, many different uh, radio stations on different levels. What we did in the Netherlands, for example, is join up with a bigger, bigger than ourselves. So realize that even though you are a market leader in one country, that does not mean you have enough power to through to the to the Google uh, Automotive, for example. You have to join forces with others. Uh, and what we then did is the bigger stations united first, and then we invested in a bigger uh, form, an API, a worldwide radio API through radio player, and uh, and then gives also give uh, the opportunity to smaller stations for uh, a lot less uh, money to participate. So you have your uh, statistic metadata the same. And then you can have dynamic metadata. So there are steps in that. And that means that at least the basics look good. And as uh, with any other brand, if you want to go further down the line, so if you want to have personalized or on-demand content, you could do that. But if you cannot deliver that because you have lesser budget, no one will miss it too, because you never, you never gave it, but it still looks good. So it is facilitating smaller partners out of the bigger scope. So step over your own shadow and make it possible to collaborate uh, with competitors or colleagues, as you may say. And we started with the stations that are on air. So first national, and then we go, and then the regional, and then, you know, and then local on air. And uh, in a later phase, we will evaluate and determine whether there will be uh, online stations only. I don't know yet. That future, but for now, this is the list of stations that need to look good on the dash uh, and in a car. So uh, that's what we do. We, we're talking here about a radio industry that's very diverse in a lot of countries. I mean, there's lots of different views from lots of different people. 
and somewhere somebody needs to assimilate those views into a product, a service that's properly supported. Now we know that companies like Spotify and Gracenote do that now and that automotive manufacturers work with them and we've referenced Google who want to take up a position in the dashboard and they will almost certainly come with a degree of harmonization and consistency that they provide with their other products. So I guess um, I'd be interested to hear from you Martin about what's it like working with one organization like Spotify or Gracenote or potentially even Google who apparently bring all the solutions and bring all the consistency. Is that, is that the case? Um, if, if I compare working together with Radio DNS compared with Gracenote, compared with uh, Amazon Music, this is the service we uh, recently uh, introduced in, in, into our cars, um, the, the business models and the, the type of cooperation is absolutely different. I, I don't want to say that one is better than the other, but we must, we must uh, realize that they are absolutely different because there are other business models uh, behind these conversations. Uh, with with Gracenote, we, we um, license technologies and data from them. This is their business model and, uh, and uh, they are providing great products. Uh, and of course, uh, we need to pay uh, for using uh, those technologies in our cars. Um, so this is the real type of relation uh, with, with uh, music streaming services. The type of relation is more a partnership uh, relation where where there's not, it's not about uh, selling a product or buying a product. It's more like a partnership, uh, making both products uh, better with, uh, with this cooperation. So making a better Amazon Music experience because you can use it directly from your Audi. This is good for Amazon and having a great music streaming service on board is great for, for Audi. So it's more a partnership cooperation, which uh, of course, uh, needs a lot of uh, paperwork. Uh, if two big companies work together, there are always lawyers and, and contracts in between, and it's all manageable, uh, but, but you have to do it. And uh, the, the third is an uh, uh, open platform like Radio DNS, where no contracts are required, where uh, it's more participation of everyone, everyone to do a little bit of the work, and in the end, uh, all parties which are involved in the process benefit from from. Uh, these little bits and pieces uh, who everybody um, puts into the system. And, and so it, it is indeed quite easy uh, for us to, to deal with, with uh, Radio DNS since uh, there is no need for contract, there is no need for uh, payments, there is no need for um, t talking about money. Um, there is a policy and uh, the policy we absolutely comply with and uh, this makes the, the hurdle uh, of, of using technologies and data uh, in this manner very easy and in the end very uh, cheap on our end so so it's very easy to explain to the rest of the company that it's worth investing this amount of uh, budget uh, for this uh, huge amount of benefits we have from that so that, that, that sounds to me like, you know, when you're having those conversations with your management and your team about how you're going to spend your effort, everything that the broadcast industry can do to, to reduce the amount of effort that it requires by coming to you with a consistent set of requirements and then supporting that in, an, in a way that's easy for you to use, 
those kind of things are what contribute to you being able to say, yes, we're gonna spend more time on radio because actually um, it's quite efficient, doesn't cost us a lot to do, and we get a good experience out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this uh, is another pro for other manufacturers which, which are not on the um, hybrid radio road so far, uh, since there's no contracts required and no big money required, uh, there is a lot you get out of this open system. And in the end, uh, all participants share the same vision, make radio in the car more attractive uh, and more modern uh, and more uh, time spent listened by the drivers. Ben, give us some insight into um, the process that you oversee, I guess, the wrangling that uh, is almost inevitably involved with your members to try and achieve that harmonization of the experience that they want to create and what practical support are you able to give to them? I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is how, how much work are you doing to create that consistency that's helpful for the automotive manufacturers? Um, that's a very good question. I, th I think um, there's a lot of work being done by my B, by others, by my colleagues, um, and obviously experts in the members themselves. I think um, on the point of harmonization, that's an interesting one. I would say it's harmonization of the user experience rather than necessarily the means to achieve that. And just picking up a bit on what Martin was saying, uh, the sense I get from a lot of what our members are doing is that there's no one route to that user experience. They're doing multiple things with multiple different service providers. So uh, they're working directly with the manufacturers, uh, they're working through Radio Player, they're providing their own um, open open standard data with Radio DNS, uh, they're doing specific uh, integrations with other service providers, for instance. And I think now is kind of seems to be a period of a bit of an experimentation phase where people are seeing what works and what might not work. And they're putting some investment into that. I think it'd be really interesting to see whether there's one method that wins out or whether we again keep with the sort of hybrid means of different modes of delivery for metadata and, and, and information. Um, so I think again picking up it, there there's no one solution. Um, obviously uh, using open standards is, uh, is something that broadcasters can get into straight away. It comes with a zero cost and also the point that this it is sustainability is something that I'd like to highlight which is uh, the using open standards means that there is um, sustainability built in because the standards are free there's no one person that controls that so that's why we for instance put some development resource behind enabling our members to provide the openly standardized data to make hybrid radio work so uh, again we bring members together really to talk about their strategy to help them collaborate when talking to individual organizations but we also provide them with the tools that they need to provide their own open data if they wish to as well it's important right now to leave the market open to innovation and a bit of disruption whilst also providing a framework to just keep up to speed really with the way that the evolution of these devices is happening i think the fear the fear is that the radio experience will lag behind what can be offered through other streaming platforms. Uh, and as I think as Jackie was mentioning, it's about delivering on the basics of what audiences require. So they used to be happy with, should we say, just the pure audio feed, whereas now with digital radio, we're expecting um, what's playing on air, the program name, we're expecting visuals. We expect far more visual and interactive information to be delivered alongside the audio, and that's that's changing and evolving as uh, other platforms provide a slightly different audio experience. So again, talking about Spotify, 
let's see what they're doing in the market. Let's see what they're doing in terms of content production, in terms of being able to provide personalized feed, in terms of being able to kind of mix this linear and non-linear experience. So that's really where innovation is happening in the radio industry as well, to see what we can do to, to um, provide that sort of user experience for radio. I think it'd be interesting to just very quickly touch on that specific of answering really one of the basic fundamental questions that a lot of radio listeners have, which is, what is it that I'm listening to? It's a question that, that they probably ask themselves a lot. And we now have the technology capability to answer that question in a number of different ways, through text and through visuals. And we know that other services like Amazon Music and Spotify do that. And Martin, I think you, you've taken an interesting approach at Audi that you know that that is uh, an issue and a, a, a desire that you want to answer for your drivers and you've seen that there's a gap that not all radio stations are providing that information so you've you've worked with grace note to fill that gap can you just quickly give us a bit of background of you know is that how it happened you decided you wanted people to know what they were listening to and you couldn't get it from radio stations so you found another way of doing it yeah this is right so what what we're doing we have a problem and we solve it solve it with technology um the technology from from Gracenote in in this manner works a little bit like Shazam. Uh, we we listen to small snippets of of the song played and identify this song by its audio, and this is working pretty fast and very reliable. This is fantastic. So you can provide the information, artist title, cover art at any station, even if they don't know how internet is written. This is good. But on the other hand, it's a pity that we need to put so much technology into our cars in order to solve the problem that the information which song is that cannot find its way through other channels to the car. And with Radio DNS, I expect that we can solve this problem and provide this information again to all car manufacturers, even if they cannot afford uh, so much technology uh, like we did. Hmm. I think that's that's a really good point there, Martin, uh, about your kind of premium nature. You, you've set a driver experience where you want that information to be available and you're able to invest essentially in fixing a hole that the radio industry has created. And other manufacturers may not be able to do that because it, it's a cost beyond what they want to spend on radio. Jackie, I just want to ask you, um, in your experience dealing with the broadcasters in the Netherlands, I'm guessing that there's a little bit of a gap between recognising that that's really important, that would be really helpful to have um, nice now playing information and cover art and visuals, but then not being able to prioritise putting the resource into producing it. And do you have a view on why that gap opens up and what can be done to close it? Yeah, firstly, it needs to be recognized that it's necessary. So that took time. And then once that's recognized that it is necessary, uh, then you have to, to decide how you want to move forward and find each other. So that's m many uh, stations, they have to discuss on how to, how to do it then and agree. Although there is radio DNS and there is a radio player or there is uh, other ways of moving ahead, but you have to decide, okay, how do we do it then? Once that has been decided, then you can move ahead and that takes time. But once you move ahead, then, uh, then it's like we did, uh, right now, it's, 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 it's started, it's integrated 
and uh, then you have to uh, free resources within your company while other priorities may be there on own app development or online uh, development of their own brands that has a priority um, and that might be a reason why it's it's going slower but once it's solved it's solved i think what we've talked about a lot in the last half hour or so is understanding what what do we have in common in terms of the visions between uh, what manufacturers would like to implement and what broadcasters would like to provide to the car and we've talked a bit about how we can merge those two matrices of information and, and requirements to, to create something that's at least common and trying to understand a little bit better um, why things aren't happening uh, and why things are harder than they look and it all seems to be about communicating better communicating between the radio companies uh, so that they understand why they need to collaborate to reduce the amount of complexity and it's about communicating with the automotive industry to be able to say this is what we're going to present to you consistently so you can work with that. To close I just want you to give me a view about do you think even though I've said at the beginning we're working together more closely than we've ever done before are we are we getting that right yet and if we aren't getting it right what would you like to see being done differently to improve the communication between broadcasters and manufacturers? Mm. So that's, yeah, that's again an interesting one. Um, I think, yeah, we're working more closely together. I'm really encouraged by the contacts that have been made between broadcasters and manufacturers. So we're talking to manufacturers. They're fairly open, at least talking to us about things. I think what I'd like to see in the future is um, for, should we say, manufacturers as a body, knowing that they have other bodies in the broadcasting industry to talk to if they have questions or comments. So knowing there's always someone on the other side of the fence in which they can talk to. And that needs to be for broadcasters, that needs to be a partnership of commercial and public service broadcasters and the smaller community broadcasters as well. So I'm not entirely sure how we get there at this point, but I know that there are certain, the mood music is changing to make that a bit more um, likely in the future. And I think that will be a real power to where we go in the future. Jackie, what, what would you like to be doing differently in terms of your communication both with broadcasters and with the automotive industry? I think that we are already on the on a, on a good path, uh, for example, uh, and it, it is one way of doing it, but through radio players, having speaking with one voice together with World DAB, together with Radio DNS, with the car industry, and developing uh, the, uh, the reference radio, um, and make make the car industry aware that that indeed, as Ben just said, there is uh, a place where you can go, or even more places. But there is one place. If you go there and you want help, we can give you help. And uh, so you don't have to go to that path or that path or that path and look away like how or who can help me. Um, that is a very important thing that you easily find each other and easily. Uh, also, when there is a complaint, uh, we lost uh, the other month, a month ago, we had a complaint from an Audi driver and then Audi can contact us very easily and us, I mean, that can be either through Radio Player Worldwide and then it comes down to the Netherlands or it's, and, and I can solve the problem because the, the, the lines are very short and I think that is collaboration in a very nice way. Um, so the customer satisfaction stays there because that's what it's all about. It has to do with how the driver or the radio listener experience his car or his radio, which is part of the car.
think what you're saying there about shortening those communication lines so that it's faster to get an answer when things aren't going right. Um, Martin, I'll finish off by asking you kind of the same thing. What, how would you like the radio industry to communicate with you better? So I'm personally a very good connected uh, due to my work with an Audi, with the radio industry, with Radio DNS and Radio Player and all major players. But I think this is not true for, for everybody. And uh, this t thing with cooperation is always a chicken and egg problem. And we have big industries, big diverse industries on of the one side and on the other side. And uh, who is moving first? And I think what especially the radio industry had solved uh, in the past is the chicken or egg problem with uh, providing those kind of platforms, providing those kinds of um, standards where the other side, the device manufacturers see, oh man, there is something we can jump on. There is technology in place we can use. And, and with us and others as first movers in this, in this direction, uh, we, we somehow um, yeah, played our, our role in the chicken and egg uh, solution and, and made some products out of what the radio industry offered us. And I think we need to keep up with uh, what we uh, had established in the past, like a radio player, like radio DNS, and be very good in communicating um, the advantages and the possibilities and our future vision to all the stakeholders like the automotive industry, like um, the radio industry. And then we can gain more support from all parties since they can see the chicken and egg problem is uh, initially solved. And maybe this creates yeah, more support and more grip on the ground. Thank you all three for joining me for what I think has turned into quite an insightful conversation about how the radio industry and the automotive industry work together, um, how hybrid radio is probably causing that conversation to be more integrated and uh, more complex than it's ever been before. Um, we'll wrap up our conversation there and uh, um, hopefully you've learned something very interesting about how hybrid radio is changing that conversation. Of course, if you ever want to know more about hybrid radio, you can find out more at our website at radiodns.org, or you can send us your questions at feedback at radiodns.org. And thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.